Father, we just sense that this is a holy place. It's holy not because it's a building. It's holy because of the people that are in it, because of the people who have you inside of them. It's holy because there's people here who are trusting you even though their lives are falling apart. Even though they're thinking about, maybe not even thinking about you, God. Maybe there's people here today that came here and they don't even believe in God, but somebody dragged them along and they're here. There's some people here today that their life is, is affected by cancer, affected by by issues that are just going on in their life that are just racking them up. There's people here today, God, that are struggling in relationships with friends, with their spouses. There's people here today, God, that they're so messed up. And so, God, what a good time it is for you to be here, for us to be here, because we're all messed up. And because of you, we don't have to be. Because your son, Jesus, God, we have an opportunity to trust you, to walk with you, to follow you. So God, just uh, speak through me these next few minutes. Help me to not say the things I need to say and to say the things that you want me to say, only that you want me to say. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. kind of awkward today. I, I went back to my office and I went to look for my notes and my notes were gone. They were gone. <laughs> so I had to sit down and just kind of scribble some things down. And so I did. I think we'll, we'll match up. Minnie's gone. Oh no. What am, I, <laughs> what am I into today? Brenda just told me that her classroom, her notes are all gone too. I'm like, well, God's, what's he got here? I don't know. It's weird. So I'm just going to go with what I got and what I remember, uh, that I, what I studied for and what God prompted me to talk about today. So let's do that. Um, I want to start by, this isn't, wasn't in my notes either. Um, everybody just take your arms like this and put them out in front of you. And then if, unless you're stony and you've got a bad, bad uh, arm, do it like this. Put this arm over here and put this arm over here. Yeah, and I just want you to hold on to that for a minute. I want you to hold that thought for a second. I think that all of us need to realize how much God loves us. I think we all, everybody here, I don't care if you're doing really, really good. <laughs> I don't care if you came here this morning, your life is just a bunch of, you know, a million dollars worth of incredible. Jesus wants you to know today that he loves you. He loves you so much. And he, lo he loves you in spite of your bull. He loves you in spite of the things that, are, that you've done. He loves you in spite of the things that you're doing right now that you know are wrong, and you're doing them anyway. He loves you, and you're struggling. He loves you when you're not. And he's saying to you today to remember how much he loves you, how precious you are. Every one of us who are in Christ, the Bible says God has chosen us. He's chosen us, and he's chosen us over what? He's chosen us as his, his special, special uh, children. We are his, his heirs, the Bible says. And we're going to, one day we're all going to wake up and we're going to be, if we're in Christ, we're going to be in heaven and we'll never have to doubt his love. But we're on this earth. We doubt it. We doubt that he's listening to us. We doubt that he hears us. We doubt that, that, um, that he's real sometimes. Have you ever been there? 
You ever been there? Yeah. So I want you to know today uh, how much God loves you. And I want you to really, in light of that, I want you to listen to what I want to talk about today because I think it's, there's a little something for everybody. I think God wants to do something in somebody today, and I don't know who it is, but I know he's done some things in me, so maybe he wants to do some things in you too, all right? We're in a series, you can put your arms down. Now those of you that are getting tired of doing that, like, why did he make us do that? We're in a series called Walking in Faith. And walking in faith is, uh, I've been talking about it since New Year's, since uh, actually New Year's started after we had our, our big 20-year celebration, and so I've been talking about this, and I'm going to continue to talk about it. I think I'm, I'm getting ready to go on vacation. Brenda and I are going, uh, taking some vacation, and when I come back, I'm going to continue on, I think, all the way to Easter, and we're going to talk, continue on about walking in faith. I wasn't going to, but I think God has prompted me the last couple of days and weeks to, to do that, because it's important. It's important to walk in faith. It's important to, to know why you need to trust God. So that's what we're going to talk about today is trust in God. I would call this the midway point of where we're going in this. How do I trust God when I'm, when I'm walking in faith and everything I see <laughs> looks bad? Everything, I feel bad, I don't like it, I, I look around and it's just not going well. How do I trust God in that? When it comes to trusting God uh, in this thing called faith, um, it, it, it looks like so many different things because when you talk about faith, it's, as I talked about last week, it's not something you can smell. It's not something you can touch. It's not something oftentimes that you could even feel. Uh, the Bible says this, and I think it's one of the best, best, best definitions of faith. Look what it says in Proverbs 3. It says this, Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. I love that. So that's going to be the jumping-off place for us today. That's where we're going to we're going to dig into this verse, uh, and we're going to see what God where God takes us. We're going to walk through a, a very very uh, simple verse, but a verse that's hard to walk out. The first phrase says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with all your heart. What's that mean? Anytime you use the word trust, there's a four-letter word that's involved with it. And some of you are probably automatically thinking that word is love, L-O-V-E, but that's not it. It's risk. It's risk. Anytime you trust somebody, you're risking. Anybody want to say amen to that? <laughs> Anybody want to get married to somebody and you, you, you were like, oh, I don't know, I can trust them. And it, it's a risk. You don't know if it's going to pan out. You don't know if it's going to come together. You don't know what's going to happen. It's a risk. It's risky. Another verse in the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes. It says, there's risk in each stroke of your axe. If you ever cut down a tree before I have with an axe, it's hard. <laughs> and I don't like cutting down big trees. I like little ones, you know, because it doesn't take, but it still takes a lot of chops. But each time you go and you take that thing and you hit into the tree, there's a risk. Risk what? Missing the target. 
Each time. How many times have, I, have you, have anybody done this? Where, and I, I'm, I'm swinging and I hit the, I hit the handle. And, oh, that hurt. That hurt really bad. And so each time that, 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 you, that you take a swing in life, each time you take a step in life, each time you walk, there is a risk. There's a risk that you're going to not do what you want to do. You're going to miss a lot. Anybody understand that today? Risk is a big part of trust. And the greatest risk of all is trusting God. It is. It's, it's, a, it's a big thing. And a lot of us, you know, in, in the Christian faith, we come to Jesus and we come to him. Many of us at a young age and somebody comes, a well-meaning person, and tells us about Jesus. We get dunked, we get baptized, and we live our life and everything is okay. And, and then the stuff of life comes. The hard, hard things come. And we're starting to walk and we're walking and pretty soon we're like, ugh. What did I get myself into? And so we, God, get me out of this. Do this. Deliver me from this. Do, you know, don't let me feel this. Don't let me think this. Don't let me say this. And we feel it, and we think it, and we say it over and over again. And we're going, dang. Where's God? Where's God in all this? There's a risk. Is he going to do what he said he would do? The greatest risk of all is trust in God. And that's why the world is in a mess right now, because the world is having trouble trusting God. The church is having trouble trusting God. Why wouldn't the world, why would the world believe in a God at all? Why would they believe in him at all? By the things they see the church doing. Why in the world would the world say, God's got something going on when he sees his display boards, <laughs> saying, doing, thinking, some of the stuff that they do. Mark says it this way in 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. With all your strength. Each choice that you make today, each choice you made yesterday, Christ was asking you, do you really trust me? Think about it like, like that. Each choice you make, and you make hundreds. Some of you make thousands of choices every day. And Christ is saying, do you really trust me? And most of us, we would answer, maybe. Maybe I do. Maybe I trust you. Sometimes I trust you. I don't trust you right now. <laughs> Because what I see really stinks. What I see, you know, my, my wife is doing this. And I, uh, my, my, my roommate is doing this. My, my friends, and I, I don't see it. I don't see it. It is trust that comes with great risk. Trust the Lord with all your heart. The Bible tells us to pray. Mike, I love Mike's, Mike's uh, lesson today there in communion time. It tells us to abide. It tells us to talk to him. It tells us to thank him. And oftentimes we're so busy worried. We're so busy fear, being fearful. We're so worried getting, getting just stressed out to the max 
that we forget to do those things, to abide, to thank Him, to walk, to trust, to risk. The Bible tells us time and time again that we've got to have integrity in the way that we walk and that we talk in this world, that our yes needs to be yes and our no needs to be no. And if we say we're going to do something, we do it. We don't do it just because something better comes along. It tells us to treat our family and other people with respect. It tells us to love other people. It tells us all those things. And here's the principle that comes out of all that. The principle is this. I call it the 80-20 rule. I think I might have put that down. Did I put that down? Yes, the 80-20 principle. 80% of what you know what to do is in the Bible. 20% of it isn't. 20% 20% is not there. Where do I, how do I move? Where do I go for a job? Who do, I, who do I marry? All those things aren't spelled out anywhere in the Bible. Not any of them. So 20%, you've got to really risk it. 80% is there. It's, it's there. It, it, it's spoken. It's, it's right on the page. Here's the 80%. If we did the 80%, we're okay. But you know where we screw up? <laughs> it's the 20%. It's a 20%. The 20% that's not in there. So we have to trust him. We have to risk him for the 20% to say, God, I'm going to let you fill in the gaps. Because when I take that step, I don't know if you're going to be there. I don't know that you're going to catch me. Because I don't see it. I don't see it. The 80-20% rule is such a good principle. See, the Bible tells us how to live. It tells us all those things, but it doesn't tell us some of the things that we struggle with the most. And that's where we have to risk and we have to trust him with all our heart. He's either God or he's not. Do the 80%. Trust the Lord with the other 20. The verse goes on. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on on your own understanding. Whoa, that's such a a great phrase this morning. That's such a great remembrance. And and I pray you can take this verse home today and say, I'm going to make it part of my life. Lean not on your own understanding. What in the world does that mean? The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. (laughs) You ever been dead wrong? You just, I know that I know that I know I'm supposed to do this thing. I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to buy this car. And you buy the car and it's a clinker. I, I knew it was the right thing. I was supposed to date this guy and I dated him and he's a clinker. I was supposed to marry this person. And it didn't work out. It was bad. It was real bad. It was horrible. Church, there is a moment in our lives where we all need a sign. You want to get a good tattoo? Here's a good tattoo to put on you. Leave human reasoning at the door. Because human reasoning, your own understanding, is horrible. 
Your own understanding of everything is like you look at it and you, you do it with the feels and you do it with the thinks and you do it with the, you, the, the past and you do it the way your parents treated you and you do it with the way that everybody around you did what they did and you come to this, this decision where you've got to make it and there just comes a time when you just have to leave all human reasoning behind. That sure don't seem right. You want me to take my son, Isaiah? Isaiah says to God, and you want me to take him up the hill? And you, this, this kid I've been waiting for all this time, and you want me to sacrifice him to you? What? That seems crazy. We have to leave human reasoning behind. Lean not on your own understanding. Here's the principle. Now, this is going to throw some of you off because you're going, how would you slip this in there, Jeff? Here's the 90-10 principle. It's a 90-10. I had the 80-20. Here's the 90-10 principle. The 90-10 principle is this. That Proverbs, uh, it's the principle that, that, 90%, that everything you have, everything you have is God's. And God just asks you for 10% back. That's a, that's a pretty good deal. You get 90, he gets 10 See, faith then becomes this one thing. What is faith? What is, what is walking in faith? It means that, that what you do when you're walking in faith is that you rely on God for everything. It's all His. It's all His. But how many of us are living like that? How many of us are living, are truly leaning on our own understanding in this regards? You're asking me to, to give 10% of what I make? Yes. No, I'm not. God did. The 90-10 principle. It's relying on God for everything. Look what Malachi says. You, you've heard this till you, till you've been in, if you've been at church at all. It says this, I think. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of your income. Just the first part. He didn't ask for 50. He didn't ask for 70. He asked for 10. It's a, it's a, it's a risk. It is, it, is, it is to say, even today, many of us go, 10%. How can I live on 10%? I can't live with that, out that. I get to the end of the month and I don't even got it. Well, see, that's why he says what he says there. Give the 10%. Give the 10%. Why did God say, I don't know. But I know with this, there's a bunch of people that struggle with the 10%. I'm sure glad he didn't say 70. The point is this. If I don't involve God in my finances, my faith isn't worth talking about. If I don't involve God in my finances, my faith is not worth anything. Faith is relying on God for everything. Moving on. So I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm trusting him with all my heart. And then he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Let's talk about that verse, about that. What does that mean? What's it mean to acknowledge God for who he is? <clears throat> friend walks into the room, what do you do? Hey, how you doing? You know, uh, a soldier walks in to, to another soldier, what do you do? You salute. You know, what, when, when somebody important goes by, you go, oh, look, there's somebody famous. It's that, it's, you know, whoever it is. Wow, 
Wow, look at that person. You acknowledge them. You take, you take a, a, a physical uh, countenance of saying, I'm going to see them, and then when I see them, and, and here's the Christian's response to Jesus. It's to bow. It's to bow. It's to physically bow to Jesus because when you see Jesus, it means to acknowledge him. It means you bow to him over your will. You bow to him over what you want because you want what you want. Most times, if you see something, you want it because you get this desire and this desire comes up in you and you'll do whatever it takes to get it. I was sitting in the chair last night. It was late. I'd just gotten home from the the marriage, uh, the date night thing. And it was awesome. And I'm sitting there and I like, I, I try not to eat after a certain time and I, uh, popcorn. Oh, <laughs> got in my head. Popcorn! I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I went out and got some popcorn because I couldn't resist. And I, my, my, in, in me, it's like, Jeff, you don't eat after this certain time. But, you know, I polished off a whole bag of popcorn because that's what I wanted. And you're the same way. And you take that out to about the 10th degree. And sex and porn and whatever else you want to. You see something and you want to go get it. And this verse is saying you've got to acknowledge him. You've got to bow to him and say, no, I can't do that. I, 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 that's how we acknowledge him. James 1.22 puts it this way. And remember, it is a message to obey been saying this for weeks now. If you come in here and listen to this and you do nothing with it, why are you coming? Do you want us not to come? No, I didn't say that. I want you to listen to it because this is not me saying that. This is, this is God's people saying that, that God inspired. <laughs> Remember, it's not a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, who are you fooling? Me? That's all we are. We, we don't have to fool other people. We're fooling ourselves because we, we think we're doing the right thing because we come to church. We think we're doing the right thing because we're in a group. We think we're doing the right thing because we give this or do that or throw this there and do this, that. No. It's a message to obey. That's how we acknowledge Him. We obey. We bow to Him. He knows better than me. He knows better than me. It's about doing what God shows you to do by the prompting of the Holy Spirit and you act on it. When's the last time somebody in here said you went by a prompting of the Holy Spirit? Did you, you just felt you knew that you knew that you knew you needed to do it. When's the last time? A lot of us would say, maybe never. A lot of us would say, well, a long time ago. Why is, that, why is that even a thing? He lives inside of you. You're the most holy place there is in this world. You don't need to go to Asbury to get Jesus. You don't need to go to any place to feel the presence of God. The presence of God is in you. It can't get any closer than that. There's no closer thing than the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Yet we're content with taking the Holy Spirit to all the stupid places and seeing the stupid things that we look at and doing all the stupid things we participate in. And then we wonder why we feel dull. And then we wonder why we're listless, why we're blah, why we're like, oh, life, just need to get through it. What 
kind of Christianity is that? I just need to, I just need to get through this. It's a bad patch. Okay, it is. It may be. And that's true. But didn't he say, I came to give you a full life? That didn't mean a happy life. That means a life that's exciting, a life that, that when it is bowed to Jesus, that it says to people, that person is striving. doesn't say that person's got it all together. There ain't nobody in this room that's got it all together. Every one of us are so broken. We're so messed up. We do and say so many things that we shouldn't do and say. But in spite of that, Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so very much. Faith is obeying. Faith is obeying. It's what I would call tonight, today the 100% principle. God would rather have you striving for 100% than doing 50. I wanna, I, you say, how do I know that? Because I know it. God would rather you striving for 100 and missing than saying, I'm just going to phone it in. And I'm just going to do 50%. I'll do the basics. I'll go right up to the, you know, we used to, we used to speak to kids all the time when I was, a, you're, you're the kids, the only kids in here, so I got to point at you. I used to speak to kids all the time, and I'm like, how, they, they used to ask this, when the, the, this was the question that every 15-year-old wanted to know, how close can I get before God would say to me that with sex, how, how close can I get to the edge? I said, why would you want to do that? Why do you want to tempt yourself? Because that's your brother. That's your sister. You're supposed to treat them like a brother or sister. Ooh, gross. I don't want to treat them like a brother or sister. Because that's what the Bible says. You're a brother. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Mark said this yesterday in our thing. It was a good, good reminder. When we get to heaven, we ain't going to be husband and wife. We're going to be brothers and sisters. We're going to be brothers and say, oh, that's weird. No, that's what God intended for us. He intended for us to treat each other with so much love and so much respect that we're willing to lay down our own needs and wants for that other person. That's what God intended for us in marriage, in friendships, in the church, at your workplace. What? In my workplace? Yes, in the workplace. Faith is obeying and doing what God wants me to do. God wants you to strive towards the 100% and stop phoning it in. Right now, I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. Everybody, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. There is something that every one of you that have your eyes closed today that you know, that you know, that you know that God wants you to stop participating in. Could be gossip. I don't know what it is, but I know God just is going to put it in your mind. Keep your, mind, keep your eyes closed for just a second. God, put it into their mind right now. Show them what it is. What is it? What is it that they're not giving you? Ask God to help you overcome that. Let, in our ministry time here in just a minute, ask God, God, <laughs> you know what it is. You know what it is, God. You do it. Okay, you can open your eyes. Don't start snoring on me. Okay. Lastly, lastly, to trust in him with your heart, lean not on your understanding. But then it says this, very, you acknowledge him by, by bowing your life, by obeying, to him, by obeying him, doing what he says. I, I don't want to do that, but yeah, I'll do it. Okay. 
and you come down to the last part, and there's the promise part, the cool part about this verse about walking in faith and trusting God is this. He will make your path straight. He'll make your path straight. What does that mean, path straight? Doesn't mean a perfect life. Doesn't mean a problem for your life. Doesn't, he does say, I, I'm going to make you comfortable. No, he never says, I'm going to make you comfortable. Not once in the Bible does he ever say, I'm going to make you comfortable. But he does say, I'll make your path straight. So here's the question. If you trust God with your life, what do you have to give up? If you really, really trust him with your life this morning, what is it that he wants you to give up? But I would say, that's a bad question. That's a really bad question. How about this? If I'd like to take that question and turn around, it's, it's this. If you do not take that risk of faith, what are you going to be giving up? If you don't take the risk, what are you going to be giving up? Are you going to give up the love that God has for you? The security and peace in your heart, are you going to give that up? The, the adventure that God wants to take you on, that God wants to, 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 to bring into your life and, and to take this, this crazy life and somehow make sense out of it. I, I've been around for 64 years, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, there's very few things I would change in my life. And it's, because, it's not because I'm perfect, and I am the biggest screw-up of all. I've let you all down. I've let people down. I've let my wife down. I, I got a whole list. I can bring out a whole list and say, here's who I've screwed up to. And it goes on and on and on for miles. Like a, 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 a CVS tape, it goes all the way, you know, to Mars or something. Have you ever seen that? I saw that meme this week. thought of Eric Brown. What are you giving up? You're, you're giving up much, much more. When you say, what, what do I got to give up? Because when you give up what God's got for you, you give up peace, the things that really matter. Because really when it all boils down to it, every one of us in this room wants peace more than anything else. We want to be able to shut our minds down. We want to be able not to, to be thinking about the, the crud that's going on around us every moment of the day. And Jesus said, I came to give you peace. But yet we're the most peaceless bunch of people in the planet. Christians are, are the opposite of what Jesus said I came to do. You see, the point is this. Our faith is met with his faithfulness. When we're faithful, he brings in his faithfulness. He is good, like Dave says all the time. He's good all the time. There's never a time when he messes up like I do. There's never a time when he makes a bad choice. There's never a time when he misses anything that's going on in your life. Every hurt and pain, he knows. He knows that you're here today and you're racked with pain. You're here today and you're lonely. He knows it. You're here today and you're like, I, my, my dad wasn't this and my mom wasn't this and I'm, I'm just, I'm racked. Jesus would say to you today, come back, come home. See, our, our faith is met with his faithfulness. Faith is not a leap in the dark. It's a step into the light. 
So many people say that. Oh, but if you're asking me to do something, I, I can't tell you how many, how many young kids I've ever talked about. I don't want to get... You want me to give up my, my teen years and not, not date a bunch of girls and not have sex with a bunch of guys? And you want me to give up my college years when I can go out and party and do all... You, you want me to do that? What are you giving up? What are you giving up? What's the other side of that? You're giving up all the things that God has in store for you while you're here. Forget about heaven. <laughs> you say, what? Forget about heaven. God came to, to give you some semblance of, of a life that's full here. It doesn't have to be in the suck all the time. It doesn't have to be, ugh. It doesn't have to be filled with all the things that we're filling it with. Let me remind you as we close what God has done for you. He sent his son in the form of a human. And he put on a human suit. And the Bible says he was fully God. He was fully man. And he understands every emotion. He understands everything that's going on in your life. And you say, I, I don't even know if I believe him. That's okay. That's okay. Because I want you to know today this. He believes in you. He made you. He put you together in your mother's womb. Before you were even a twinkle in your mother's womb, God knew what you were going to do and who you were and what you were going to do or not going to do. Blows my mind every time I think about it. Like, oh my gosh. And he did all those things to say to you, I love you. And some of you here today need to be reminded of how much he loves you. You know what you need to do during our ministry time here in just a second? You need to let him love you. You need to love it, let him love you like he never has before. He has so much for you. The Bible says that the eye hasn't seen, that the ear hasn't heard. It is, it is more than you can possibly imagine. And it is not just heaven. People put that all in that heaven contents. And I, I, I'm all in with heaven. But I, he put me in this place to do something for somebody else. He put you in this place to be something and somebody for somebody else. He didn't put you here to go, give me, give me, give me. Make me feel good. Make me feel comfortable. He put you here to be that, that missing piece for somebody else, to be in the body of Christ, to stand in the gap when people are going through the mess and the messes of life. I invite you one more time, everyone in this room, everyone listening at home, today to maybe re-invite him into your life and then to do it every day from here forward. Why would I do that? Because you accidentally kick him out every day. See, light and dark can't exist in the same spot. They can't. And there's a lot of you that are really smart Jesus people, and you're sitting in this room right now thinking you and Jesus are okay, and it's just, at least I got Jesus. Yes, you do, but there's some things he wants you to do with the people in your life. There's something he, he wants repentance. He wants confession. He wants you to say, I'm a screw-up. Yeah, maybe they were worse. Maybe they did it first. Maybe they're, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter about them. It's about you. It's about what God is wanting to do in you. And he starts his work 
of faith when we confess and we're real with ourselves and we're real with him. That's who God is. Let's pray as the band comes. God, we just, uh, we throw ourselves at you right now. And we want to take a risk. I know there's some people in this place this day that want to take a risk. There's some people at home today that want to take a risk, that want to walk in faith. And it is not a, it is not a, uh, it is not a, a, a sprint. It is a marathon. Because as long as you got us here, you want us to be your representatives. You want us to be the light in a dark, dark spot. So God, just uh, do a work through this time right now. We, I just pray for confession. I pray for repentance. I pray for sorrow to come on some people today. Not, not guilt, not shame. God, I pray for, for your Holy Spirit just to, just to be allowed to come in this place and to do what only you do. So God, we trust you. I trust you with my family right here, these people that I love dearly. I trust you. I trust you with my own life. God, do what only you do. Amen. <clears throat>
in the waves of his mercy as the deep cries out to deep holy spirit we sing holy spirit yes we do I'll just say this. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. And uh, he wants to walk with you as you walk with him. He wants you to know that whatever it is you're going through, you're not going through it by yourself. He wants you to know that uh, you're worth it. He wants you to know that the pain and the thing that just keeps happening to you the grief, the emotion, the fear. He wants to take that away, and he wants to meet you at that place. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be a part of, of a body of believers that are open to God, that want him to come. Uh, I, my biggest prayer for you today is that not that you, anything else other than he meets you, and you obey what he does when he, what he, because that's, that's what it is when we meet God. You, you can't, you can't, I, I was making fun of Kurt last week and about the electric thing, and I gotta, I gotta say this. If you grab onto a wire, a 220 wire, and it's hot, you know that you've grabbed onto a 220 wire, and it changes. Ah, there's some, and that's who God is. God changes it. He doesn't let us stay the same way that we were. And you say, well, what's that look like? It's like this. It's a very simple, simple equation. I look more like Jesus today than I did yesterday. That's it. That's it. It's not about being this holy roller. It's not about being this crazy lunatic. It's about walking in faith more today than I did yesterday. God takes our little and he does so much with it. He tells us again and again in his word, that's who he is and that's what he does. God bless you. Uh, if you after you visit, be sure and put the chairs up. Have a great week. your hair.